If you have student loans, maybe you've gotten an annoying call before reminding you you're late on your payments. Well, for a while, Jesse Seren was that annoying person. I hated that job. You know, nobody wants to hear from a bill collector, let alone a student loan bill collector. It was 2010, her first summer after college, and every day she'd walk to her cubicle and recite a script that sounded something like this. Hello, this is Jesse calling from American Education Services. You are currently 90 days delinquent on your student loan. You owe a total of $340. How would you like to make that payment today? Mm-hmm. And every day, she'd have to deal with reactions like this. $340? I, I can't even pay for my diapers right now. Are you $340? Do you pay all of your bills on time? Well, this is not even my cell phone right now. I can't even afford a cell phone. When I can shit out money, I'll give you some. Ooh. Oh, my God. I know. I'm telling you, it was really the worst. But as Jesse was hounding other people to catch up on missed payments, she had her own student loans to worry about. She owed roughly $70,000. I just It was a really clear picture into my future. She was scared that one day it was going to be her on the other end of the line. I'm Eddie Mahrez, and welcome to This is Uncomfortable, a show for Marketplace about life and how money messes with it. We hear it again and again. Go to college. Invest in a degree. It is your ticket to a good job, to security, to the middle class. It sounds great, but it's not always that easy. This week, the price of that entry ticket and how it put one woman's middle class dream on the line. So those voices on the other end of the line at the call center, all those people struggling... Jessie could relate. She grew up in Pennsylvania in a household with a really tight budget. My mom was a single Mm -hmm. mom. She was a waitress. You know, she never got really any education. Jessie says even though they never had a lot of money, her mom did everything she could to give her kids a good life. They always had food on the table and clean clothes for school. But when they take trips down to the beach, Jessie remembers dreaming big. I would see those big high-rise apartments. I think we were all driving together. It was like my mom, my sisters, my grandma, me in the car. Mm. And I was like, "What? what's the one on the top? You know, what is that? And they told me, like, that's the penthouse. And I was like, I'm going to live in one of those one day. And they all kind of, like, laughed. It became a thing in her family to tell Jesse, better study hard if you're ever going to live in that penthouse. None of her closest relatives had ever graduated college. Some hadn't finished high school. So from a young age, her mom would tell her, college is your way up. And then, you know, I wouldn't have to live the same life that she lived. And when it came to the cost of college, well, as an 18-year-old working at Wendy's making $7 an hour, if one college costs $30,000 a year or another costs $80,000... It all sounded like a million dollars to me. Right. It's like monopoly money or imaginary money at that point. Right. I had no concept, really, of money at that time. All I knew was just that we didn't have any. That's all I knew about money. When she graduated high school, Jessie was already accepted to her dream college, a small private Catholic school in the middle of Philadelphia, LaSalle University. At first, she thought she might want to be an event planner, but after a couple classes, she didn't love it. She'd grown up idolizing a family friend, though, who was a U.S. Marshal, 
And she thought her life seemed so glamorous, traveling all the time, buying all these nice things. So just like that, she switched her major to criminal justice. It's so funny that sometimes we choose uh, careers and majors just based off of one person in our lives. One person in one career. Yeah. (laughs) How do you pick your whole life at that age? Tuition at LaSalle was about $40,000 a year. To pay for it, it took a cocktail of grants, scholarships, federal loans, and private loans. Her mom even took out a Parent PLUS loan for her. By graduation, she calculated she'd have about $70,000 in debt to pay off. But she figured her dream job would cover it. I think I remember looking into how much a U.S. Marshal makes, and it was like maybe $40,000 starting off, and then, you know, with overtime maybe 60. And that sounded like so much money to me. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, I'll be able to pay these student loans. I'm going to be making $60,000 a year. Her senior year, she nabbed an internship with the U.S. Marshals and applied for an entry-level role. Between her criminal justice degree and the internship, she was a shoe in And once you passed the physical, you got an offer. So she just had to wait to hear when she should report. But a few days go by, and she doesn't hear anything. Then a week, still nothing. Finally, Jesse calls the hiring manager to ask about the next steps. And then it was just so casual. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're not going to be able to do that because there's a hiring freeze. And it was like, wait, what? Apparently, the Department of Justice was in a massive hiring freeze. It was 2010, and the country was still reeling from the recession. Like, okay, now what? Now what? What am I going to do? What, you know, what is plan B? There was no plan B. At the time, she was living with her mom, and because she just graduated, her student loans were in a grace period. But she'd need to start making payments in six months. So she needed a job, and she couldn't be picky. That's when she found out that a huge company was hiring right down the street from her mom's house. It was a call center. There was no special degrees or anything required. It was pretty much an entry-level job. I think I made $10 an hour. This is where we found Jesse at the beginning of this story, sitting in a cubicle, hour after hour, enduring the rage of people on the other line who just couldn't afford their loan payments. It was this huge building, and when you get off the elevator and, and go into the door, it was just like rows and rows and rows and rows of these little, like, three-quarter mm. cubicles. And everybody was just in there doing the same thing. And you had to sign out to even take a water break. And if you took more than five minutes, you're in trouble. If you took more time than you should in the bathroom, you were in trouble. That sounds so dystopian. It really was. Jessie felt miserable. She was frustrated about her stalled career. And she felt guilty hounding people who were struggling. One of the worst ones that stick out to me is um, where the student who borrowed the money was terminally ill. Mm. And I was trying to collect the payment from the mom, who was the co-signer. And she was just like, I can't. Like, he's not going to ever be able to pay these. I'm not going to be able to pay them. I have hospital bills. I'm by his side 24-7. And I just remember being like, wow, do I have to really just tell this lady, well, we can garnish your wages or you're going to get sued for the whole amount. Like, I hated that. Since the 80s, college has gotten hugely more expensive. 
Studies have found that the average college student expects it'll take them six years to pay off their loans, when in reality, it'll take them closer to 20 years. Right now, millions of loans are in default, which, by the way, causes a huge hit to people's credit scores. Because when you default, you can see your score drop by 60 points. That can take it down to an average of 550, which is considered very poor. And that can make it much harder to buy a house or even qualify for some jobs. Every day, Jesse would talk to folks who were just scraping by. Newlyweds trying to pay their mortgages, families juggling childcare on two small salaries. And for her, working at the call center when she had her own loans to deal with, well, the irony wasn't lost on her. If you worked there and you were, like, delinquent on your student loans, you could get fired. What? Yeah. And then her grace period ended. Suddenly, she was getting bills for all the different loans she'd taken out. It came out to about $900 a month. She did not have that kind of money. And she was scared. Because I was the one on the phone telling everybody, like, we can garnish your wages. You're going to be sued for the full amount. It doesn't matter if your kid is sick. It doesn't matter if you can't afford this. It doesn't matter if you just had a baby. Jessie knew managing her loans would be difficult. But she had no idea what it would take to be free of them. That's after the break. Now that her bills were coming due, Jessie was determined to avoid the fate of the people she'd collected from. So when it came time for her to repay the loans, she got forbearance for a couple of them, which meant she could delay the payments, and she set up an income-driven repayment plan for the rest. She quit the call center, and she got a new job at a travel agency with much better pay. And it felt like she could just be on cruise control. She was paying about $700 a month on her loans. A few years later, she wanted to see how much she'd chipped away at her debt. Her mom kept a big filing cabinet in the dining room full of all of their financial paperwork. And one night, Jessie opened it up. So I just sat down. I took out all the information. And I had it all spread out over the floor, all the papers around me. And I crunched all the numbers. I was adding everything up. She initially owed $70,000, and she thought she'd probably knocked it down to sixty-eight, maybe $67,000. And then after about an hour, she finally comes to a number. I had realized at that moment that my $70,000 of student loans that I took out is actually up to over $90,000. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I owe more than I started with. Jesse was stunned sitting there on the floor with all the papers around her. I broke down in tears. My mom was crying. I was crying. She was just like, you know, we're going to find a way. We'll find a way. You're not alone. The thing is, even though she'd been making repayments, some of her loans were on pause, on forbearance. And they were actually accruing interest in the background. And even though she knew the basics of how interest works, she didn't know it could get that bad that quickly. It was financial quicksand, and at this rate, Jesse's balance could go up to over 100 k in just a couple more years. I felt like now I'm 25, so it was kind of like, you know, I'm just like, I was so dumb. What was mm. I thinking? I wasn't thinking. Why wasn't I thinking? Why didn't anybody tell me to think more? At her job at the travel agency, most of her coworkers were making the same amount of money as her without a degree. 
It seemed like the whole promise of college was a lie. At this point, it felt like all it had brought her was debt. I just remember feeling like so defeated that, you know, I was like, how am I ever going to do anything in my life? Like, how am I ever going to buy a home? No one's going to ever want to marry me. I'm never going to be able to afford to have children. Because if there was one thing she learned at the call center, it's that there's no escaping your loans. And then it was just kind of like, okay, like, put your big girl pants on and tie your boots up and let's get to work. Jessie decided to completely rethink her approach. And it was simple. Spend as little money as possible and make as much as she could. She got a second job at a cafe. And after a day shift, she'd head to the travel agency for an evening shift. She worked 15 hours a day, six days a week. And she had moved into an apartment on her own. But the rent was too high. I was dating a guy, um, and it was a really toxic, bad situation. And um, I invited him to move in with me because I couldn't afford to pay the rent. And he was there all the time anyway. So I was like, well, if he pays half the rent, I could afford to keep living here. She stayed in that relationship longer than she would have, just so she could split the rent and make loan payments. When she finally ended things, she moved into this tiny bedroom at her brother's girlfriend's apartment for $400 a month. So you were putting more money towards your student loans than you were paying on rent. Oh, yeah, than anything else. She often ate two free meals a day at the cafe she worked at, then had popcorn and wine for dinner. Um, I mean, at the time, I just felt like, you know, I'm just surviving. I'm just doing what everybody has to do because we all got screwed by these student mm-hmm. loans. You know, I just, I honestly felt like I was either going to be living in, like, a bedroom or with my mom until I was in my 40s. That was, like, a real fear for you. Yeah, a real fear, especially as I was like, okay, I'm about to be 30. Um, is this going to change at all? Like, what what do I need to do? Well, sometimes doing isn't enough. Even with all the sacrifices she'd made, Jessie wasn't making what she needed to get in the clear. And then something terrible happened. Her mom was diagnosed with a degenerative bone disease in her right arm, which left her in constant pain and drastically limited her mobility. It was like she couldn't use that arm and then then ended up being that she was just out from work totally and permanently. Your federal loans can be forgiven under special circumstances. And that's what happened here. Because her mom was on disability, her parent plus loans would be forgiven. That was $45,000, about half of what Jesse owed. It was kind of like a silver lining in this really dark cloud. But being her daughter, you know, I would gladly take those, that $45,000 back if she could use her, her hands again. Then another thing happened around that time that ended up making a huge difference— She got a promotion, a really big one. And that came with a big increase in pay, like double my pay. So it was just like wild because now I actually had the means to do the plan that I had came up with while I was broke. She went back to the plan she made on her mom's living room floor and she told herself, okay, this time I'm going to be really serious. Because I feel like I was sacrificing, but I was still like kind of clinging to a normal life. Like, I would still, like, go out to eat with my friends sometimes or, like, you know, go to the movies. She did the math. 
Her plan was to put $3,000 a month towards the rest of her loans until her balance was zero. So she made a budget for her rent, phone, and internet, and set aside $100 a month for groceries. And all the rest, and she meant all of it, went towards her debts. She says almost 70% of her paycheck each month went to student loans. When you opened our refrigerator, it was literally just like Kool-Aid in there. Yeah, even though her pay doubled, she was now making $100,000. She was living cheap. No more weekend beach trips with friends or coffees or even Christmas presents for her family. And even though that soured some of her relationships, after years of making payment after payment only to see her balance go up, Jessie finally felt like she was making progress. Every time I got paid, it was, like, exciting to pay my bills. Like, I was so happy to, like, transfer money that day. Like, as soon as I would wake up, I'd be, like, going into my bank app and, like, my paycheck would be literally gone in in an hour. Of course, Jesse is not alone in this. Over the last several years, the national student loan debt has grown to over $1.5 trillion. And right now, about 40% of borrowers are on track to default on their loans by 2023. That's according to a study from Brookings. Because as easy as it is to accrue tens of thousands of dollars in loans, paying them back is often a complicated dance. One step forward, two steps back. Jesse had been doing that dance, really, for years. And then on November 2nd, 2018, she woke up early and sat at her dining room table. And the first thing I did, open my laptop and, and go to the um, student loan thing to pay it. It was her final payment. And I just like, you know, so much buildup and all these years of frustration and tears and sacrifice. I felt like the ceiling should open up and like <laughs> balloons and confetti should come down. But it was just like, click, pay, okay. Ten years and one college degree later, she'd paid about $45,000 back to her lenders. In my head, I was really thinking, like, this is kind of (laughs) anticlimactic. But I was super happy. She's not sure she would have been able to pull it off without her promotion or her mom's Parent PLUS loans being forgiven. Today, Jessie's still working at that travel agency. She doesn't expect to ever use her criminal justice degree, and she doesn't think it was worth the price tag. She thinks a lot about how young she was when she made all those life-altering choices as a fresh high school graduate. It's so ridiculous to me. You're not even responsible enough to drink at 18 because they don't trust your decision-making. You have to be 21 to do that. But you can sign your name to a mountain lifetime of debt. Like most of us, Jessie says she's a totally different person now at 33 than she was at 18. And if she could do it all over, she would have started out at a community college and transferred to a state school to keep her debt as low as possible. At 18, to try and bet $100,000 on your life and your choices just makes no sense. Um, And, I mean, it's just unfair to put that burden, I think, on, on students that young. Students who, like her, believe that the only way to move up in life is through an education. And the idea that college is this golden ticket is a valid one. But when loans are an inevitable sacrifice, it can make class mobility harder and the distance between haves and have-nots greater. That's the irony at the heart of all of this. 
that the thing that's supposed to help people level up is the thing that actually holds Jesse and so many others back. Like the people who she talked to day in and day out at the call center. Hearing all of their situations, like so many different stories, but really all the same story at the same time. All those people on the other end of the line, they were neck deep in the cost of that college promise, trying to climb their way out. All right, that is all for this week's show. As always, if you want to hit us up with your thoughts or share your own story with us, you can reach me and the team at uncomfortable at marketplace.org. Also going to give a plug to our newsletter. This week, we got more info in there about student loans. Plus, our producer, Peter, has a nice little story about a recent home improvement project that I low-key want to try myself. You can subscribe to our newsletter at marketplace.org slash newsletters. This is Uncomfortable is me, Rima Hreis, Megan Dietry, Haley Hirschman, Peter Balanon-Rosen, and Camila Kerwin. Our intern is Daniel Martinez. Tony Wagner is our digital producer. Drew Jostad is our audio engineer. Star Nieves is the executive director of On Demand. And our theme music is by Wonderly. All right, I'll catch y'all soon. <laughs>